talk y'all through something that's kind of a fun deal. It's, it's a talk that I give that I want to bring y'all back to purity. Is that okay with you guys? Now, y'all are going, Chancey, I already know all about this purity stuff. I know you do. That's why I'm going to keep doing it, okay? Because you can't be purified too much. Amen? Got to, got to. So as we pull up, it's called spiritual sharking, okay? Now, everybody do this for me. Just put up this. Y'all see what this is? You know what that's called? It's called a fin. You know what that makes you? That makes you a shark. You know what sharks do? They circle. So, girls, when y'all walk into the room, there's some guys that start doing this. They start walking around you. They kind of checking you out. That makes you feel weird, doesn't it? It should. That's what guys do. Guys, girls do it too. Girls, are y'all guilty? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Girls go, no. We're all guilty. If y'all weren't relational creatures, God wouldn't have made a man and a woman, right? Did he make it that way? It's rigged. It's okay. Okay? In Genesis chapter 1, in fact, do me a favor. Turn to Genesis 1 real quick. I want to show y'all something that I think is very, very important to you guys. Y'all know this. I don't know why I want to tell y'all, but I'm going to anyway. Okay? Chapter 1, verse 26. And when it says, then God said, you know you need to listen. Right? And I want to ask y'all a question about this. Do y'all think we've messed this up in America? Then God said, let us make man in our image. In the image of God, what did he do? He made male and female. Okay? Now, what I love in verse 27 is God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Okay? So, is God a God of divine order? Yes or no? Absolutely. Is God a God of chaos? No. Did God have an order in the way that he created man? Yes. He created who first? Adam. And then he created Eve. And he said, be fruitful and multiply the earth. So he said, let us make man in what? It's very important that you understand it. In what? Our image. In the image of God, he made male and female. Is that important? Yes or no? Why is that important? Because what's that called in today's world? That's called a what? A family, right? So if God has an ordained order of family, right? That family should consist of what? Y'all tell me. What's the first? Male and second is female. So when you look at that, that's not my opinion, because my opinion is what I think. Is what I think important to you guys? No. Say no, Chancy. No, what I think is not important to you. But what God thinks is very important to you. That's called a conviction. Y'all see the difference? So many of y'all try to speak of an opinion, that's what you think, rather than a conviction of what God thinks. Y'all follow me there? So here's how it plays out. So when you look at this, and you look at relationships... Sometimes y'all start going, well, Chancey, does God really say all these things? Yes, he does. He's very specific about purity. Very specific. And I'm going to show you that. But he's also very specific about the nature of man. We'll show you that a little bit. So let's look at this. Go to the next one. So we're going to be pure. So my goal today is to teach you how to go from painful relationships to very healthy relationships. Okay? The misconception is that you've been told at times that you can't have relationships. That's false. You are meant to have relationships. Now, you don't have to go too far in relationships. 
You don't need to be sexually active in relationships. The problem is we think that relationships mean that we need to be sexual. That's exactly, that's not called self-control. Remember, what are the fruits of the Spirit? Say them with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. So you've got to go. So God gave you self-control. And in that self-control, we don't want to abuse that self-control. So when did we overstep the boundaries, sexually speaking, is when we lacked what? Self-control. And so if you don't learn how to have self-control, you're going to fail miserably in relationships. And you're going to have a lot of damage control to deal with later. Are y'all following me on that? God is not withholding sex from you. He's saving and preserving it for you for the right time. That makes sense? It's not God is evil and he doesn't want you to enjoy. No, sex, according to Song of Solomon, was meant for you to go, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I'll tell you, I've been married a long time. It's still awesome. But what makes it awesome is that there is no way other to sexually fulfill myself outside of my wife. Y'all follow me? And what I'm finding in today's world is so many of you are being sold a lie. You're watching movies, television, chats, instant messages, you name the I world, and you're able to see a lot of things that will cripple you as far as purity speaking. Okay? And so I want you to understand the truth. Relationships are healthy, but the key is knowing how to have healthy relationships. Are y'all following me? Is that okay with you guys? Can I help y'all set up guidelines to healthy relationships? Is that okay? Do I have your permission? Okay, so good. All right, so here we go. Now, I'm going to show you. According to this S word, so here we go. Go to, go, go to the next one, okay? We're going to use the acronym SHARKIN, S-H-A-R-K-N, okay? So if you're keeping notes, it's real simple, okay? We're going to start with the S, and the S is this, okay? You've got to ask this question. Hold your thumbs up like this. Ask this question. Should I get involved in this relationship? Yes or no? Do y'all think we should ask that about every time we want to get in a relationship? Yes or no? Sure we should. Girls, can y'all fall in love with a guy before you should? <laughs> you know you can, okay? Guys, can you too? Yes. God made us with the desire to play house, didn't he? And you've been playing it. Girls, y'all been playing a lot longer than us guys. Okay, the way we played house, we punched and we pulled the heads off dolls, okay? That was, that's the way we played house, okay? Girls, y'all lovingly played little dollies and you carted them around. Guys, we came and melted them, okay? And y'all, y'all wonder why we don't do well in relationships, okay? Girls go, I just don't know why guys are this way. Well, just think about it for a second. It takes us, guys, forgive me for saying this. It takes us guys longer to mature. Girls, y'all been doing this a lot longer than we have, okay? Y'all been playing house. Y'all like the idea of house. We're going, we're scared to death of house. It means responsibility. We got to pay the bills and we're going, no. Now, do we want the fruits of house without being responsible? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll say a lot of things and do a lot of things that are lies. Y'all follow me here? We learn to lie pretty early. Because we don't understand why God gave us a woman and a man. Sex is meant for marriage only. 
to be fruitful and multiply and to enjoy in marriage. Y'all got it on that? So here's the question for you guys. Should I get involved in this relationship? Yes or no? Now let me talk about that. If you have your Bible, open up. I'm going to look at eight verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to walk you through this text. Don't you ever be uninformed of this text ever again. Okay? Watch what he says in verse 1. This is Paul as the author. And I love it what he says. He says, finally then, brethren, meaning he's talking to us. Finally then, brethren, and he's specifically at this point, he's talking to the church of Thessaloniki. Which, by the way, the church, Thessaloniki means place of victory. Nike, N-I-K-E, is how you really spell Thessaloniki. Nike is what you wear with the little swoosh. It means victory. So what Paul was calling the church of victory to was this right here. Finally, brethren, and by the way, I just came back three days ago from Greece. So if I'm jet lagging, I'm jet lagging big, okay? I just came from Thessaloniki, just came from Philippi, just came from Crete, just came from Patmos, just came from Ephesus, just came from Athens, just came from Berea, just came from all these really cool places where I walked the footsteps of Paul. But when I look at Paul, I understand Paul on the Damascus Road. What happened to Paul on the Damascus Road? The light hit him and what happened? He was what? Blinded. How long? Three days, three nights. That's called a great conversion. One day he's going to kill Jews. The next moment he's blinded and now he's a follower of Christ. That's awesome. When he goes to Thessaloniki, he goes to Thessaloniki to correct their theology. He needed to help them understand that there is a Jesus that died and rose again from the grave. The resurrection. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Did y'all know that? Thus the name Sadducee. You see what I'm saying? They didn't believe in the resurrection. So what they're doing is they don't understand what Paul was saying. Paul said, finally then, brethren, we request and we exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ that you receive from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and how you ought to what? What did he say next? Guys, Paul wanted you guys right here in Nebraska to know how you ought to walk and how you ought to please God. Y'all follow me there? So watch what he says. Just as you actually do walk, that you excel still more, for you know what commandments that we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first thing that we've got to realize is Paul said, I want to exhort you that you received instruction from this book as to how you ought to walk and how you ought to what? Please God. So the instructions are that we are to what? Please God as we actually do walk that we will what? Excel. That you will excel still more. For you know why this book was given to you, the commandments. They were given to you that you would excel. God's not holding something back. He wants you to excel. Y'all follow me on that? So here's two questions that you've got to ask. Number one, when you start thinking about that girl or that guy that you think you ought to spend time with, you're going, man, that she's so pretty or he's so handsome. I'd like to get involved in this relationship. Just ask, what will I put into that relationship? Write that down. That's good. What will I put in that relationship? Because if you don't know what you're going to put into it, you're going to take something you shouldn't take out of it. You see what I'm saying? Girls, you understand what I'm saying by that? Yes, y'all do. Y'all go, yes. Have guys ever tried to do things to girls they shouldn't do? Yes or no? 
Yes. Are guys right in doing that? No. That's called lack of self-control. Because this is the instruction we request and we exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been given instruction. You know what is right and wrong according to the Spirit of God. God gave you the Holy Spirit. According to Ephesians 1, you have a Holy Spirit that came into you, a seal that cannot be broken. So if the Spirit of God is within you, you want to now walk according to 1 John 4, where you're abiding in Christ. Abiding means that you are doing the right thing. That you're not having to be told to do it, you know the right stuff to do. Y'all follow me there? That's called the Spirit. That's called the, the Galatians, love. The love that's according to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love is not envious. Love does not act unbecomingly. Love bears all things, believes all things. Love endures all things. Love never, what? Fails. That's perfect love. God gave you that. He gave you that through His Holy Spirit that now guides you. You are guided by the Holy Spirit. Y'all follow me? And that's the instruction. You have the instructions in you that comes from the Word, that goes through the Spirit, that you know right and wrong, right? Do y'all know right and wrong sometimes? What makes right and wrong confusing? Y'all tell me. What makes right and wrong confusing sometimes? Yeah, so good, well said. The world tells you it's okay to have sex before marriage, or, or you can touch things that aren't yours to really touch, and you can do things, and it's okay. You can smoke dope, you can do this, you can take drugs, it's okay, because look at Lance Armstrong. He did it, and there weren't that, you see... And if we're not careful, we begin to do a lot of things that we think we can get away with. The reality is, Paul is saying, I want you to understand, this is the instruction that you've given how you ought to walk and how you ought to please God. Guys, we're to please God, not man, not the world, not our parents. I want you to please your parents, but you don't please your parents by trying to please your parents. Y'all following? Do you know what that's called? Trying to please your parents just because, that's called performance. And performance wears off. If you're just pleasing because you think that's right, you're not going to do well in the long run. But if you're doing it because you're trying to please God, then it's right. That makes sense? Now you're going to please God and your parents because you're doing the right thing. But now you're walking by the Spirit. That's important. So watch this. So the second thing I do is I've got to ask not what will I put in the relationship, but what will I take out of it? Think about that. What will y'all take out of a relationship? Hopefully what you take out is a relationship that'll last a long time. My daughter dated this guy. She started dating. Y'all will love this. Callie sits down with me when she's 13 years old. She said, Dad, how old do I need to be before I can start dating? I said, too old. 40. She goes, compromise. I said, okay, 39. She goes, Dad, come on. I said, and I did this. I handed her a piece of paper and I said, Callie, you tell me how old you need to be. And she goes, really? I said, yeah. She goes, awesome. I said, but you've got to tell me, you've got to write out what constitutes that age being old enough. And she thinks about that. And she goes, Dad, I got it. I said, what is it? She goes, I don't think it's about age. I said, what? She's 13. She said, I think it's about maturity. I said, that's a pretty good answer. I said, why don't you define that a little bit for me? She goes, okay. I think a guy should have to come to you. If he wants to take me on a date, I tell him. If he says, hey, Callie, I, you're kind of cute. I'd like to take you out. I'm going to tell him, you got to go talk to my daddy. And daddy, what I want you to tell him is I want you to ask him, are you saved? Well, I'm going, this is awesome. I start writing it down. Are you saved? Okay. 
And I said, what else? And she goes, well, Dad, I think you need to ask him what he's doing in his quiet time. Oh, this is great. What are you doing in your quiet time? Okay? She says, Daddy, I think you need to ask him what he's memorizing. I said, oh, now you went from a 25-year-old now to about a 40-year-old. Okay? So, you know, what are you memorizing the word? Callie, you may never get a date. She goes, Dad, that's okay. But, Dad, that's what I want. And I said, fantastic. I said, I'm going to hold you to that. You're 13 now. When you get 16, this is going to sound really bad. I said, I'll modify this according to you. And we sit down and talk about this. I said, this is a great deal. I said, this is a contract. This is awesome. She goes, Dad, that's awesome. So I make a 13-year-old contract with my daughter that says the guy that she dates has to come, has to have the savvy, the, the courage to knock on my door and come see me when I'm cleaning my gun. Okay? Y'all with me? And I'm practicing kung fu with a goat where I rip the heart out of it. Yes, what can I do for you, right? No, I don't really do that, okay? But it'd be cool if I could, right? And show him his heart right before he dies, okay? So I'm sitting there and I go, Callie, what did this look like? And she goes, Dad, that's what I want. And so I'm thinking, this will never happen. So Callie turns 15 years old and one day I get a knock on the door. And I go, who's that? And I open the door and there's this boy out there. And I go, dude, what do you want? And he goes, Mr. Chancey, can I talk to you? I said, about what? I said, you want to mow my yard? Wash my car? I said, what do you want? Now, I knew what he wanted. I kind of did. Callie kind of briefed me. And I'm messing with him really bad, okay? And I bring him in. I sit him down. I said, hey, buddy. I said, tell me about you. He goes, well, Mr. Chancey, Callie told me I needed to come talk to you. I said, really? What'd she say? She says, oh, this is going to be awesome. I said, well, what else? She said, nothing. I said, so she didn't tell you what you're going to do. He goes, no. He says, that's why my armpits are so wet right now. <laughs> and he would just pit it out, okay? I go, dude, you're killing me. I said, let me get some right guard or something, okay? And so he, I said, okay, now do me a favor. I said, why are you here? He says, because I'd like to ask your daughter out on a date. I said, that is awesome. So are you and a lot of other guys. He said, why would I let you take my daughter out? He said, because, Mr. Chancy, I love Jesus. And he said, I became a Christian a year and a half ago. My parents divorced, and it broke me. And I gave my life to Christ. And my discipleship leader is a guy named Ward, and, and I've been spending time with him the last year, and he's really helping me, disciple me. And I've forgiven my dad for divorcing my mom, and, and I'm really walking with Christ. I had a quiet time this morning. Can I tell you what I learned? And I said, dude, you're awesome. And then I did something. I said, what will you put in that relationship? He said, I'll put trust, honor, protection in that relationship? I said, what will you take out of that relationship? He said, nothing but the best. He said, I will make a promise to you, Mr. Chancey. I will never touch your daughter in an inappropriate way that would cause God to not be happy. Now, what do y'all think? Should I let the guy take my daughter on a date? Yes or no? Girls are going, where is that guy? I want to go, you know? <laughs> Guys, y'all hear me? That's what y'all need to look like. And not be afraid to go talk to the dad and tell him what you're going to put in a relationship. Trust, honor, purity. It's got to be there. If it's not there, let me tell you something. You're going to take something that's not yours to take. Because you think you're entitled to it. You're not. Well, the beauty of this is I said, I'm going to let you take my daughter out. And I said, come here. He had a really crummy car. And uh, I walked out and I said, hey, and I have a really cool Jeep. Okay? 
And I walked out, I said, how would you like to take my Jeep tonight? He goes, oh, that would be awesome. I said, I know. And I said, do you know that I like my Jeep? He goes, yes, sir. I said, I just got the waxing. And I had it, just waxed it, just armor all the tires. Had these, ah, these big old 36s on there. Six-inch power lift. I mean, it's just awesome, okay? Just, okay? It's all, it's a man car, right? Because little men have big cars, right? So that's me, all right? And so I've got this Jeep, and I hand him the keys to it. And I said, do you think I like my Jeep? He says, Mr. Chance, I know you like your Jeep. I said, what do you think I would do if you wrecked my Jeep? He said, you would kill me. I said, you're probably right. I probably would kill you, but not near as bad as, as if you touch my daughter. If you think I kill you for breaking my Jeep, just try to touch my daughter. He goes, that's a good point. I said, great point. Don't you ever forget it. And you know what? They dated for three and a half years. And when they broke up, it was awesome. They didn't hate each other. They'd never gotten sexual. So when they broke up, it was tough emotionally. But it didn't shipwreck them, and they didn't feel like they had all this baggage that needed to be dealt with. They had a great relationship for three and a half years. And when they broke up, it wasn't devastating. Y'all follow me? Because they hadn't overstepped the boundaries. They knew how they ought to walk. They pleased God in the relationship. They knew what they were putting in. They went to church together. They went to small groups. They decided not to pray together because they thought that was too emotional. They made some real decisions that were really phenomenally mature. And they knew what they wanted out of the relationships. We want each other to grow. And so this boy said to Callie, Callie, who are your girls that you're discipling? Callie said to him, who are your boys that you're discipling? And so here they are as 15 and 15-year-olds discipling kids. Now, what do y'all think about that? That's awesome, by the way. I'm not telling my kids better than anybody else. I'm just saying they made some really good decisions that you can make. It's called choice. And when you look at this, you go, wow, that's pretty good. Are y'all with me on point number one? Okay, so now look at the H. The H is, so we ask this, should I get involved in this relationship? We went like this, right? We said yes or no. Now we go like this. Do your pointer fingers and point them and go, have I, and point to your eyes, have I set myself apart to personal holiness? Okay, so Really, as you start thinking about a relationship, you go, should I get involved in that relationship? Yes or no. But even more so, have I personally set myself apart to personal holiness? Are you all with me on that? So when you look at verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, look what it says. And look how adamant Paul is to the church of Thessaloniki, the church of victory, of what that victory is going to look like. For this is the what? What's those three words? Say it with me. Will of God. Do you think being in the will of God is important? Yes or no? Huge. Paul says this is the will of God. And he says, and I use a word that's really interesting. Your sanctification. What does the word sanctification mean? Y'all know what it means. What does it mean? Set apart unto God. So he says, this is the will of God that you're set apart unto God. Y'all follow me there? He says that this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then he says, that is. And then he says, you. Personal responsibility, you. Okay? And you go, Chancey pointed right at me. Okay? That's right. That's what Paul does. He points right at everyone in this room. He says, you. And watch what he says next. That you. And he says something. What's that next word? Starts A. 
abstain. The word abstain means stay far from. Okay? So you say, I abstain, stay far from, and what's the next word he says? Sexual what? Immorality. So Paul says, this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you are set apart unto God, and that you abstain, stay far from, but stay close to God. Stay far from sin, but stay close to God. That's the only way you stay far from sin. You've got to stay so close to God that you stay so far from sin. Amen? And that you abstain from sexual immorality. The word immorality is anything that defiles. Anything. Anything. That goes anywhere from, you know, a touch to a kiss. It could be anything that creates immorality, causes lust. Y'all with me on that? Some people say, Chancey, what do you think about kissing? I go, if it doesn't cause you to sin, fine. <laughs> Just stay far from it. Be careful. Because I don't know if y'all have engines like everybody else around you, but one thing seems to lead to another. Are y'all with me on that? I am not saying kissing is wrong. I'm just saying you got to filter it. If it begins to cause you to lust, you got to be careful because if you start going too far and you don't know what you're going to put in it and you don't know what you're going to take out of it, guess what? You're going to get in trouble. So here's the thing. Have you set yourself apart? Have I set myself apart to personal holiness? Okay, that's holiness. That I want to do things, God. I want to, I want to abstain from sexual morality. So here's two things. Guys, write this down. What is your personal convictions. Think about that. How far is too far to you guys? Because if you don't establish how far too far is before you ever start, you're never going to stop. And what I find is so many girls come to me because I do work at a camp and I've been working at camp for 35 years. I've seen literally hundreds of thousands of kids come to me and say, Chancey, I was in this relationship and we went too far. Oh, I just hurt. They cry, 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 cry. And I go, what were your personal convictions? They said, well, I didn't know. How far is too far? Some people say, Chancey, I think it's okay to kiss just as long as you stay in an upright position. I said, fantastic. So are we talking like this? Or are we talking like this? Okay. <laughs> Big difference, okay? Because, you know, you start doing all that stuff, and it gets real janky real quick. You know what I'm saying? And I go, I'm with you, but you just got to say, this is what I'm talking about. My personal convictions are no guy's going to go to first base on me. I'm not going to lay down on the couch with him. I'm not going to get in the car where we begin to lay over in the seat with each other. I can be real personal with this because I've watched too many kids come to me and say, Chancey, I wish you would help me understand and identify my boundaries. This is called boundaries. Girls, we're going to learn about this in just a second. Guys, we're going to learn about this in just a second. But right now, your convictions are what could cause you to lust. You know what? I'll never forget, I got a girlfriend about the age of 16 years old, and we held hands, and I'm going, I mean, I, I was, it was messing with my brain. So how far too far was with me? Holding her hand. I hadn't learned to deal with that yet. And I don't mean that righteously. That was very unrighteous. And I'm going, I don't know. So how do I have the, the, the boundaries? I've got to know that I abstain, stay far from sanctification, stay close to God. Don't let your sin become that object that controls you. Sin should never master you. You've got to know your limits, okay? The reason I say it is because I want you guys to have a personal testimony. This one right here is so important to me. With setting your convictions, I would love for you to write out your personal testimony. I bet y'all had to do that before you ever came to school. 
but the reality of your personal testimony, were you really real with your real testimony? Did you really talk about your repentance, your turning about, what you left behind, how you reconciled relationships, how you're walking in the Lord today, how you're making Christ known, how you're living with renewed spirit, how you're living with a refreshed life, how you've hit the reset button, and how you're living a life of righteousness. Are y'all with me on that? Because if your testimony is not clear, and there's four parts to a testimony, write these down. These are easy. Before Christ, what did your life look like before Christ? I used to ask Cameron that, my son. I said, Cameron, what did your life look like before Christ? He said, well, Dad, I came to Christian at four. <laughs> he said, I don't know what I did. Did I steal Callie's binky? He goes, I don't know. Was I a bad kid, Dad? He's been a Christian most of his life. He never remembers having a bad spell. Praise God. Cameron, when he gives his testimony today, does not have to tell you all the bad things he did. He talks about, before Christ, I was four. <laughs> and then the second part is, what is the date of your conversion, the date you gave your life to Christ? That should be a story for you to tell. The day that I became a Christian was the day that someone presented to me the gospel, that Jesus was the Son of God, mankind was a sinner. Because mankind was a sinner, God died on the cross for our sins. But what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world is that we don't serve a dead God, but a resurrected God who lives in the heart of all that believe and forever will stand in eternity with Him one day. Amen? That's what I believe in. And that's my story. And that's Cameron's story. And that's Callie's story. My daughter goes back and forth to Nashville. She sings. And so she does all these songs and she sings this stuff and she's like an angel. It's awesome. But she goes, Dad, I will not compromise my values. And when she shares her testimony of how mean girls were in high school, girls, are there ever such a thing as mean girls? You know what I'm saying? Can guys be mean? Yes. So we understand that's called sin nature. But Callie's testimony is, I didn't give in to being mean. I was lonely at times, but I continued leading my 8th grade or my 7th grade girls to Christ discipling them. And when I got out of high school, I've got these girls that I look back on that I minister to, that she has a ministry that will outlive her called a legacy. That's what you girls and guys need to be doing here. Living out a legacy that outlives you. What is your testimony? Who is it that you've influenced that now will influence others? Y'all heard the adage of fishing. If I give you a fish, I what? Feed you for a meal. But if I teach you to fish, I feed you for a lifetime. What are y'all doing around you? Are y'all giving fishes or are you teaching to fish? I hope the people around you are going, I'm becoming more like Christ because I see you abstaining. I see you living in sanctification, that you are set apart. I see your testimony. And your testimony, you could come up right now and share it, and everybody in here would go, amen, that's exactly how they live. They don't compromise, they don't give in, they don't do this, and yet everybody loves them and respects them. They may not be most popular, but they're definitely, I endeared them. Y'all with me on that? That's where you want to be. That's called your convictions because you set the boundaries. That's Cameron walking in going, virgin, and everybody goes, ah, you're an idiot. And him going, you're the idiot. He didn't say that, but he could. Because he goes, you know what? What you've done, anything can do. But what I've done, you can never have. Y'all with me on that? Now, God is a God of grace. I want you to understand it. No matter what you've ever done in life, God can forgive. Amen? That's huge to understand. 